something's wrong here and it's getting more wrong by the day. First, we can sue people who help somebody get an abortion. Yep. Now we can sue people for talking about LGBT and transgender. Where the fuck does it end? We have to stick our noses so far into people's bedrooms in this country, and especially when you are of a certain religious ilk. Yeah. You can't help but stick your nose into other people's bedrooms and try to have a say about what happens there. And now you can actually sue somebody. You can actually sue your kid's school or your kid's teacher for simply talking about things that happen every single day in society. So they're not going to publicly take a side on this. They're just going to take their side in the form of not disciplining or reprimanding that teacher. Right. That's how they're going to take their side. Welcome to Unbound, a podcast for new atheists and lifetime atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers, and free thinkers. There is life after faith. And life here is good. It's time for a new perspective and a better conversation. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And it's time to get unbound. Well, here we are. <laughs> and if you're looking at the length of this episode, you're probably wondering whether or not we even uploaded the right file, if yeah. something has gone wrong, because it's going to be shorter than average. Yeah. And the reason for that is pretty simple. To put it succinctly, life has caught up with the spider. <laughs> And let's just say that the last week for me and for my business and things that encompass that part of my life got very difficult. Yeah. They got very difficult in the last week. And my attention shifted to various things. And it wasn't like I didn't have the time to sit down and research the topic for the week. I did. But let me explain something to those who aren't in the know about how the anxious brain oh. deals with things. Yeah. So... You know that you have certain things that you need to do, but your brain is only going to give you the space to deal with some of those things. Yeah. And when it comes to my business, I don't give my brain a choice. Things have to get done and they have to get done by certain deadlines and they have to be done a certain way. And sometimes the effort that you put into certain things, you don't see the return on and it can be very frustrating. So... Every single time I sat down to do something with the show this week, just thoughts of everything else that was going on just kept rushing in and I would open up my browser and I would have all of the source material that I wanted to use for the episode open in front of me and I would just sit there and stare at it <laughs> and stare at it and stare at it and do absolutely nothing with it. Not even really thoroughly read it. Just it's here we have everything that we need to put this episode together. And my brain just kept saying, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. It, it did not want to deal with one more thing. <laughs> and it cut me off. My brain literally cut me off and said, you have done. And or it said, well, more to the point, it says, I have done everything I'm going to do for you at this point. Things are stressful and I need downtime. <laughs> And that really was it in a nutshell. We had plans to do a show tonight on the history of Christian violence, which I am going to be revisiting. But I also think that part of the problem here is the exact thing that they teach you about writing term papers. This is what I'm doing basically every single week is I'm researching and I'm writing 
And I was known to be able to write an entire term paper mm-hmm. literally in a Saturday, okay? Yeah. I would get up in the morning and I'd go have breakfast at the cafeteria, go directly to the library, start writing out my index cards, all the quotes that I wanted to use in the paper, jotting down little notes, and then I would go from the library to wherever it was I was going to find sustenance, get something to eat, maybe call TDs, you know, that, yeah. that was usually the thing. And then it was back to my dorm room where I then organized all the notes, all the index cards, everything that I wanted to say, and then just rattled off my paper. I could do this in a day. Yeah. And I wasn't a procrastinator. I did it when it was feasible to do it. And that was usually on a Saturday. Right. So this type of thing is not new to me. I haven't gotten any worse at it. I, I made decent money as a copywriter. And the ability to get all of those words and thoughts together is something that I know that I'm particularly good at. So the frustration of understanding that on top of the fact that my brain would not let me do anything this week, it was just too much for this spider to bear. And I finally had to throw in the towel. A couple of nights ago, I said, look, I think this week what we need to do is we need to just expand out Christians behaving badly. We're going to do a couple of extra stories just to make sure that people stay in the loop with what's going on out there. And then I need to figure out a way to take the topic that I had in mind and shrink it down to something that I can research in a couple of days and get ready for recording. I'm still working on how I want to present this particular subject. Right. And I now have just under two weeks to get that squared away because next week it's the next edition of Unbound at the Movies. And again, we're going to be looking at the movie, The Spirit of Albion, which I've already given enough description of to do half an episode on the movie already. (laughs) So without getting into a whole lot more about that, we did a little blurb about it last week. I think that you'll enjoy it. And with all due respect, the movie episodes, I get my shit together pretty well and pretty quickly with those. So I've got two sort of kind of effortless weeks of content (laughs) that will provide me with the brain break that I need right now. Yeah. Because I don't want to see this fall by the wayside, but I have to be more honest with myself about what I'm capable of doing. And that's, that's just the bottom line. I do appreciate everyone who comes out every week to hear what we have to say next, to hear my insights on things, because Believe me, I keep saying it, but it's true. We've only really scratched the surface of what we have to talk about here. And I do not want to see this fall by the way. But if I keep stressing myself out over it, if I keep forcing the content out there, several things are going to happen. Number one, the content quality is going to go down, and it already has. I've listened to some of my editing lately, and it is deplorable. Before things start going further downhill to the point where the show becomes unlistenable or unintelligible, or anything else before it gets to the point where it's difficult to listen to anymore, then I really feel like I need to take a step back. We're not going away, but I am going to be taking time off when I need it. And that's just the way that it is. The content will still get out there. There are now, after tonight, 107 episodes. (laughs) So like I say, most weeks, someone that you know who is part of this religion, who is ensnared in this religion is going to find something in this catalog of episodes that we have that's going to resonate with them so that's where you come in and i'm not even going to go through the whole patreon thing this week because you guys know 
how to get there. Patreon.com slash Unbound Podcast Network if you can help us out financially. But I'm more concerned. I will always, always, always be more concerned with more people hearing this messaging and them being given the chance to get their lives back as a result of hearing this messaging. So if you want to help a really, really stressed out, tired spider this week, then tell someone new about the show. Let them know what we're doing. Let them know the impact that it's had on you and give them the opportunity to hear what we have to say because you could be the one that leads these people to a place where they get and stay unbound. That is what we're looking for. You know, I try to take myself as much out of the equation as possible. I'm putting the content out there, but it's up to you, the listener, to make sure that it gets heard. My job is done when I'm done editing the episode and I upload it, and then it's up to you. So if you value this resource, if you think that we are doing good things and that our messaging is on point and that there are people out there that you know could benefit from it, then please do whatever you need to do to make sure that people hear about us because there are a lot of people out there who have spent their entire lives in this religion. They don't understand just how much of their life is being robbed of them and they need to know. They deserve to know. And you can help us with that, and I hope that you will. So without any further ado, we're going to present this little mini-sode for you and have a discussion about four stories in the world of Christians behaving badly. I'm just going to call this one Christians Behaving Badly XL Edition. (laughs) So what have you got for us first? Well... A Tennessee anti-LGBT marriage bill now under consideration was originally conceived to put another rule on same-sex marriage because apparently pastors were anxious about having to do same-sex marriages in their churches. This is a thing that actually does not happen. No, never. It never happens. No one is making pastors do same-sex wedding ceremonies. But the legislators now want to roll out a different type of marriage for traditional couples, calling these marriages contracts and instigating a common law type of marriage that would make any form of traditional marriage unavailable to same-sex couples. While this is bad enough, another thing that got people's attention about this bill was the absence of a minimum age floor for marriage. Neglecting to put in the minimum age would create a loophole to allow child marriages, critics worried. We often think of child marriage as something that happens in faraway lands, but America also has a huge child marriage problem. Nine states as of today in 2022 have no minimum marriage age. I had no idea that that was a thing. And it's scary. Yeah, it is. It's fucking scary. What year is this? 2022, apparently. it, It is, but what year is it in these places? Well, that that's fucking. We crazy. live in one it's of these our, places. Our own state. Yeah. I was today years old when I learned that there was no minimum age to get married in Massachusetts. Yeah. So odd and so fundamentally wrong. I yeah, mean, really, it is. When I was in high school, I actually attended the marriage of one of my peers. How old uh, was this person? I was fifteen. Oh dear God. Yeah. And you and I both know one that was sixteen. Well, yeah. I know more than one who was 16. Yeah. Actually, someone that I worked with at the radio station was married when she was 16 years old. Yeah. And don't ask me how. Well, I know how because, you know, these people don't believe in divorce. By and large, they don't believe in divorce. 
So that is reason number one why they stayed together. But it seemed like they had kind of a solid marriage. So, you know, they defied the odds kind of the way that we did. We were older, obviously. Right. You were 23. I was 21. But that's still way too young. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. That's way too young it to is. be thinking about getting married. But yeah. we did. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And, I mean, by sheer dumb luck, it worked. Yeah. But I can't even imagine. At 15 years old, you don't even have a sense of autonomy yet. No. How do you make these kinds of decisions? Well, the answer is that someone else probably made the decision for them. Yeah. And that's that's a, a huge part of it. Yeah. These states are California, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Washington, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Some of those don't surprise me. Some of them really, really do. Like California, California? Massachusetts. Yeah. California, really? Yeah. Wow. Often these laws are a way for men to avoid the statutory rape penalties. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Most child and adult marriages are between an underage girl and an adult man. These marriages are often fraught with sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. Domestic abuse shelters do not accept minors trying to escape. And minors can't legally divorce or even leave a spouse. How convenient. Yes. So once a girl was married off to a man, she was stuck until she reaches the age of majority, or 18. And often all they needed was a parent's signature on a piece of paper. That's crazy. It is. That is that is batshit insane. Yes. In 2017, Human Rights Watch pointed out that Afghanistan actually has tougher marriage laws than many places in the United States with an age floor of 15 and legal marriage age of 16. Yeah. As a female living anywhere on the planet, it dumbfounds me that you are safer in Afghanistan than you are in certain pockets of the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. It's scary to think about because, I mean, how many times have we talked about the infringement on women's rights? Right. And the way that certain religious groups like to lord their power over everything having to do with women's rights, the right, the, right. right down to the rights of their own body. Yeah. And the things that happen to their own bodies. We want to legislate the shit out of everything that they do. And, you know, I'm sorry. I understand that this doesn't only apply to girls. But it is applied to girls way, way more than it is to boys. Mm -hmm. And there's a definite disconnect and disparity that exists there. And, you know, it's terrifying. It is terrifying that this is a thing that happens here and that there are people out there that make use of these laws. Yeah. That, I mean, I've, I've heard... I, you know, there are various cults and various religious groups outside of evangelicalism yeah. that are guilty of this on a broader scale. But the simple fact that it is still allowed just boggles my mind. When this country was new, before it was even a country, people's lifespans were not that long. No. So as soon as you were able to procreate, you started procreating, mm. okay? And that meant, in, in some instances, 13, 14 years old, maybe a little bit older, but sometimes not by much. Because with an average life expectancy of 29, you better get busy. Yeah. And also the astronomical number of miscarriages and infant deaths. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were going to propagate 
your family, your community, your anything, you had to start early. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it was ever right. No. I don't think that it was ever right. But at least back then, there was some semblance of a point. Yeah. Whether it was a good point or a bad point, you know, that's that's up to you and your own morals and ethics to figure out. But at least there was a point to it. What's the point now? Yeah. There is none. Victimization of women is the point. Right. And that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, this is a subject that I actually want to do a deep dive on at some point. We should. Yeah. You should. <laughs> Fortunately for the children of Tennessee and surrounding states, because there is such a thing as state shopping when you're looking to marry off your young girl, a legislator worked to amend the bill to include the minimum age of marriage at 18. Unfortunately for marriage equality advocates, the bill still looks to be on track to be considered in their state Senate. With all the problems that need attention, this is what they're focusing on. Because of course they are. Yeah. It's the same kind of misogynistic bullshit that these people are known for. So why wouldn't they lend more deference to this than something that actually has significant societal impact? Why would you be working on legislation that actually benefits everyone when you can just attack a certain group of people that you don't like because you think that the way that they love each other is icky? Mm. I mean, that's yeah. what, why, why even try to serve the greater good at that point? When you can just make yourself feel better about the fact that you're denying someone the right to love and cohabitate with whoever they want and have the same rights that you do, simply because you're wired for heterosexuality and they're not. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. There are people who are wired to like blood sausage, too. I don't understand that either. <laughs> but I'm not going to shun them because they like blood sausage. No, neither am I going to shun another man who likes to be with another man just because I don't like the idea for me. Well, you know what? Then it, I've said it before. You don't like the idea of gay sex. Don't have gay sex. Mm. I mean, and don't think about what other people are doing behind closed doors because with all due respect, it's none of your fucking business. Right. So just don't think about it and don't keep coming up with ways to persecute these people because you don't like their choices of who they choose to love. It's none of your business. Stay the fuck out of it and keep your laws off of it. Right. That's that's my take on that. Yeah. This one is more than a little bit rage-inducing. You know, yeah. we've, we've talked so many times on this show about what these people do to indoctrinate children literally from birth forward. In our uh, episodes on evangelical youth ministry, we mentioned that the Assemblies of God has Sunday school curriculum that is literally designed for, quote, birth to 18 months. Yeah. And when I read this the first time, it's like, okay... Yeah, this is the mindset that goes into writing curriculum for babies to indoctrinate them to this shit. It's bad enough that you put kids in Sunday school and nursery and make them watch videos about all this Jesus-y bullshit. At least with the Sunday school stuff, you can write it off and say, well, that's a product of how their parents were taught to think. Mm -hmm. They were taught this stuff, so now they're teaching their kids. That's one thing. This shit right here, this is just nothing but subversiveness. Yeah. And, you know, somebody needs to tape these people's mouths shut. Yeah. A preschool teacher at a private Christian school decided to teach the kids an anti-Biden chant and then shared the video with their parents. I guess she thought it was really amusing. The video lasts only about eight seconds. You can hear a teacher asking the students, who's our president? The students then respond in unison, 
Biden. The teacher then asks the students, what do we want to do with him? The students respond twice, we want him out. Wow. Yeah. Now, in the plus column, with pretty much every president there's been, at least in my lifetime, there are the naysayers that will come right out and say, this person is not my president. I I, I said it about 45. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else is. So I guess on some weird level, you kind of have to give them credit for at least acknowledging that Biden is the president. Yeah, it's sad when that's the minimum hurdle they have to overcome. Yeah, but at least, at least there's the admission that this is a thing because 45 was just shoving it into his supporters' heads that he was still president for a long time. And I haven't heard as much of this. Not as much. It still comes from these so-called crazy-ass prophets once in a while. Yeah. But it's not the widespread thing that it was around the election and heading into Biden's inauguration. We're not hearing it anywhere near as much. So I wonder if this was just sort of a little Freudian slip type of thing or if this is a final admission of defeat from a people group that just couldn't let their hapless messiah go. Yeah. So who's our president? Biden. Yeah, that's right. And I'm going to tell you the same thing that you told us when your guy won. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been all quiet on the profit front for a while. It's it's hard to find new stories about them at all. So. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good but thing. you know they're coming back around again. Oh, there'll be something else for sure. Yeah. This is the sort of thing that Christians always say happens at public schools. Yeah. Brainwashing the kids to believe science and such. Quick-thinking parent Christina McFadden saved the video before it was deleted and replaced on the website with a note from the school. We use Brightwheel as a parent communication app to share about your child's day and activities. Earlier today, a video was posted that has since been deleted as it did not share our school and church philosophy of honoring and respecting authority, including those in government positions. The message continued, we are sorry for any misunderstanding this could have, could have created. With courtesy towards the families of our campus and the children in the classroom, I am asking you to please not share with others or post the video on any social media platforms. You know what I love about this? This is an official memo from the school. Mm. It literally says, could of. Could of. Not could have, could of. Well, whoopsie daisy. (laughs) The local Norco California News reached out to Turning Point Christian School by phone and email and did not immediately receive a response. It's unclear what, if any, disciplinary action was taken against the teacher. Well, it's a a private school, right? Right. So... Yeah, it's all going to be taken care of in-house. She's going to get a little slap on the wrist and say, hey, look, don't do that again. If it was a public school, then there would have been much, much worse consequences for this person. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. McFadden said the school did not tell her whether the teacher was disciplined, only saying she had been repentant and had learned from her mistake. Of course she did. Yeah, it's convenient. Very. It's a private school, so calls to discipline the teacher will go unheeded. McFadden has since removed her daughter from that school. However, she says the school still won't provide her with that day's lesson and refused my request for tuition reimbursement. 
Makes me wonder what else this teacher had deemed necessary for her preschoolers to learn. Oh, yeah. You know what? The same question runs through my head about that. And, you know, I have to wonder how much more damage this person is just going to be allowed to do here because clearly she's got the administration on her side. If it was a public school, there'd be trouble right now. But clearly these people agree with her. Otherwise, there would be some semblance of consequence. So I can tell you with reasonable certainty that this is not the last thing that she's going to do. And I mean, it sounds to me like I, I didn't hear about any other parents complaining. It was just this one level-headed person who saw this and decided to call it in question. And that's the problem right there, is that the vast majority of the parents of the kids in that school probably would have gotten a kick out of that video. Right. They probably would have thought that it was a hoot. But there's also the public relations aspect of things where they're right. not supposed to publicly take sides. So they're not going to publicly take a side on this. They're just going to take their side in the form of not disciplining or um, reprimanding that teacher. Right. That's how they're going to take their side. They're going to give the public lip service and they're just going to do whatever the hell they want anyway. Yeah, Because that's much. what they do. Mm -hmm. yeah. In situations like that, that's just what they do. This next one is particularly infuriating, and I also find it interesting how they've got, like, one of the, if not the biggest corporation in the world in its crosshairs yeah. at this point, once again over the fact that they don't like the idea of people just loving who they're going to love and being happy. Yeah. That is at the foundation of this whole stupid thing with Disney. So let's uh, let's talk about this one. Yeah. And now for the last persecution of Mickey Mouse. Oh, I like that. Yes. Oh, the Christopublicans are super duper cheesed at Disney these days. After Disney executives denounced the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida. This is Florida House Bill 1557, which had Florida Governor Ron DeSantis backing from the get-go, prohibits school lessons on gender identity or sexual orientation in third grade or below. However, it also bans those topics for all grades if they're taught in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. And who gets to determine that? That seems very nebulous. I mean, is yeah. there is there documentation that actually outlines what all of these contingencies actually are? Or is it up to the interpretation of the person writing the curriculum? you got to keep it vague. It leaves so much more room for yeah. interpretation. Yeah, I suppose. Now, here's, here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. No. So the don't say gay bill, I'm just, I just want to give a oh, little okay, bit of yeah. background on this, just so that we all understand what this is really about. I'm sorry, it's another witch hunt, like the whole thing with um, with the abortion laws that are now happening in two states, okay? So according to Human Rights Watch, the bill would ban discussing these issues in primary schools and restrict how they are discussed in other grades. Okay, so we said that they were non-age appropriate. Um, and so, so to answer my own question, it says it does not specify what would be considered age-appropriate, or who decides. So there's my answer right there. Any parent could... Uh, here it comes. Here it comes. Any parent could sue their child's school for compensation for alleged harm if they believe those discussions have occurred. 
the likely outcome of the bill would be to deter teachers from addressing these issues and to chill open discussions and support for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender students. The bill would also require school personnel to notify parents of changes in a student's physical, mental, or emotional health. It would significantly limit the ability of counselors and teachers to be a confidential resource for students, including LGBT students, who may not feel safe or comfortable asking questions about sexual orientation or gender identity to family members. So... Here we go. The persecution of another specific people group yeah. with the extra added bonus of you can fucking sue people yeah, that's for, for this nebulous claim of harm. I don't even know how a legitimate court of law would deal with something like this because in the real world, when you bring a civil action to court, you have to be able to prove damages. What is the damage? involved in talking about things that literally happen in society every single day and to which huge portions of the world, and there are places where it's not tolerated, but people don't even give a shit about whether you're gay, straight, or anything in between. Most places, they don't even care. But we have to stick our noses so far into people's bedrooms in this country, and especially when you are of a certain religious ilk. Yeah. You can't help but stick your nose into other people's bedrooms and try to have a say about what happens there. And now you can actually sue somebody. You can actually sue your kid's school or your kid's teacher for simply talking about things that happen every single day in society. Something's wrong here, and it's getting more wrong by the day. First, we can sue people who help somebody get an abortion. Now we can sue people for talking about LGBT and transgender. Where the fuck does it end? Where exactly does this bullshit end? Well, again, this involves one of the biggest companies in the world. So let's hear a little bit about what they're planning on doing here if Disney doesn't start towing their highly bigoted and uh, unenlightened minds. Yeah. Well, Disney was facing pressure from employees and fans to denounce this law, which they did after DeSantis signed it into law. They vowed to help organizations working to repeal it. This made DeSantis and his disciples super mad, and they're going to do stuff about it. Of course they are. Let's hear what. Last week, Florida State Representative Spencer Roach said that he and other lawmakers have considered revoking a state law enacted in 1967 that effectively gives Disney unique autonomy over its massive Florida properties, including Disney World. DeSantis has also called on lawmakers to reevaluate Disney's special status after saying the company's criticism crossed the line. And let me interject a word about this, because... Again, I was today years old when I learned this, okay? (laughs) Now, my first reaction to this was that Disney kind of exists as like a little country unto itself. Yeah. The Disney properties exist in an area that is actually known as the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Not Kissimmee St. Cloud, not Orlando, but the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And here is basically what goes on there. This is from their own website, rcid.org. The district is responsible to oversee land use and environmental protections within the district and provide essential public services. For example, 
fire protection, emergency medical services, potable water production, treatment, storage, pumping, and distribution, reclaimed water distribution, chilled and hot water systems, wastewater services, drainage and flood control, electric power generation and distribution, and solid waste and recyclables collection and disposal. They regulate the Epcot building code. They have their own fucking building code. Yeah. And operate and maintain all public roadways and bridges. The district operates on a fiscal year beginning on October 1st and ending on September 30th and funds its operations, services, and capital improvements by assessing taxes and fees to the district's landowners and lessees and by issuing ad valorem and utility revenue bonds. So what this means is that the Disney properties are basically not really their own country. My first thought here is like, Jesus, they're the fucking Vatican. <laughs> but not really, because the Vatican is, in fact, its own country. The Disney properties are more like their own city. Yeah. But they can write their own rules about mm-hmm. a lot of things. I mean, certain things do have to come under common standards for safety and whatnot. Right. There are, they're, they're, they're not completely 100% self-regulated. But with that laundry list of things that they do, they are basically their own little city. Yeah. And if these idiots have their way, and then this whole thing called the Reedy Creek Improvement District kind of reverts back to these properties being under the cover of the communities where they exist. This property is so huge, it expands over two counties in Florida. Yeah. Okay? This is a lot of land, and a lot of people hold stake in it. I think there's like 19 landowners. It's a significant chunk of real estate. Let's put it that way. So they've had the privilege of running their own show for a very long time, since 1967. So because these people, number one, don't like the idea of people just loving who they're going to love and just leaving them alone to do it, and because this particular company decides to advocate for them, now we're just going to go after them with both guns blazing and try and take away their autonomy. Yeah. That's evangelicalism 101. Oh, yeah. If you can take away somebody's autonomy, then do it. Yep. And now they're going to try and do it to the fucking Disney Corporation. Oh, good luck with that. I just get the impression that they've got a pretty good legal team to assemble in a situation <laughs> like this. Oh, yeah. So let's hear just a little bit more about this now that we have the background on it. Well, let's make no mistake about what's happening here. Is it good for lawmakers to consider practices that foster equity and competition in business? Sure. Are Republicans attacking Disney interested in that at all? No. Of course not. And on the more ridiculous side of things, Right Wing Watch has tweeted out a short clip of a video that Oklahoma State GOP Senate candidate Jaron Jackson released a short time ago. Here's just a tiny bit of what he had to say. He holds up a $100 gift card with a picture of Mickey and Minnie Mouse hugging. Do you see Minnie Mouse in a dress or do you see Mickey holding a penis? The people at Disney are pedophiles. Like, dude, I saw nothing unusual in that picture till you pointed it out. I'd say this isn't a Disney problem. It's a you problem. I've seen these things pointed out before. I, you know, I don't know if I can really give a solid opinion on this because I flat out don't know. To me, it could be, it could be something that some of the animators think is a funny thing to do from time to time. Right. But 
It could also just be the same effect that it has on your brain when someone tells you to listen to a record backwards and tells you what to listen for. Oh, yeah. So it could go in either of those directions as far as I'm concerned. It may very well be on purpose, but, you know, in all probability, how many hands do these images go through before they're approved as being things that will officially represent their brand? I find it difficult to believe that if there was anything lascivious going on with this, that it wouldn't have just been caught and right. stifled immediately. Yeah. But, you know, then I'm, I've also seen Stranger Things. I don't know precisely what to think about this. But right. my brain does definitely lean more toward the realm of, I was told to see this, so now I see it. Right. Yeah. It's like I never would have seen it if he hadn't said something. Yeah. And if I'm going to be honest with myself here... If you simply showed me that picture and asked me to find something wrong with it, I would probably stare at it all day before I could come up with something. Yeah. But then as soon as as soon as you're told what to look for, it's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it was on purpose. Well, you can look at the picture later and tell me. I've seen the picture. I know precisely what picture you're talking about. Oh, okay. I've all seen right. it. <laughs> And I'm sorry, it kind of does look like a dick. But, well, yeah, but, but that's... I think it was an unintentioned dick. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mistaken addictity. Um, I see what you did there, but no, it didn't work. <laughs> so, um, story number four involves one of our favorite organizations. And let me tell you, I'm envious of anyone who got to go to this particular event. Yeah. I would absolutely love... To go to one of these cons. Let's hear what's going on with our favorite group, the Satanic Temple, these days. And now for some positivity. A couple of months ago, the Satanic Temple held SatanCon Zero in Scottsdale, Arizona. This story caught my eye while I was looking for stories on Only Sky. Author James Materko has taken great delight in reporting on the controversy surrounding the con as well as the events of said convention. I say controversy because it was mostly a lot of loud whining that it was going to take place and a lot of loud protesting when it was taking place. It sounded like a fun time and I am envious. I am super envious. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there for that. Yeah. The con was in commemoration of the founding of the Scottsdale, Arizona Satanic Temple. This came about in response to a controversial invocation campaign in Phoenix in 2016. There were state representatives, preachers, a kindly and frankly amazing ex-Golden Dawn member named Lou Crowley, and grandmother types pleading to let Christians keep praying, but not let the Satanists play their reindeer games. It was a vicious display. I'm seeing this unfolding in my head, and it's just, it's chaos. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It was a crazy city meeting. I saw parts of it, and it was like, okay. I would have loved to have had the opportunity to engage with these people. Yeah, I know. I really would have. This event looks amazing, okay? But just the idea that I would be able to get up in the face of a couple of these people and just best them in a battle of wits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, bring it. Bring it. The spider's ready. Just bring it. One section of the meeting in 2016 is described thus. This section begins with Carl Lombardo cutting in line ahead of Tori Anderson, a fantastic advocate and tireless champion for secular issues at the state capitol, 
giving a downright fire and brimstone speech about how he had spiritual surgery performed on him when he was 42 and, I guess, had a Jesus implant installed. Unclear. In stark contrast, Tory's statement is a clear, fact-based plea for a moment of silence and for a return to actual business that matters. When many people come together for a common goal like this, friends are made, and the founding of the Satanic Temple in Scottsdale came soon after. And so SatanCon Zero took place in mid-February of this year, giving people who became friends over the years since that city council meeting a place to meet and enjoy one another's company. And the protesters' company, it seemed. One of the Satanists even sang God Bless America to them. Matirko said they resembled the goth kids in high school hanging out by the gym, but that's our culture. That's a fun culture. That's a fun culture, yes. The protesters gave them a lot of praying through bullhorns and waving of signs. One hotel employee said that the congoers were sweet as could be, but when the protesters weren't shaming the employees of the hotel, calling them dirty heathens, they were having the police called on them because the Protestants showed up and were squabbling with the Catholics. Figuratively, of course. In conclusion, Jack Maturko writes, I spent three days being prayed and bagpiped at for my iniquity, while good, presumably religious golf spectators passed out drunk on the lawn at 10.19 a.m. across town. Attendees were nice, respectful, caring, compassionate individuals, individuals who just don't want to be forced to conform to arbitrary norms imposed on them by the same society that told them there was something wrong with them in the first place. There was nothing wrong with any of the people who were at SatanCon. Absolutely nothing. Yes, some of them are very different from you. They've lived very different lives than you. Frankly, they're all very different than each other, like most groups of people. So shut the fuck up with your prayers and go help the homeless or something. We're at a swank hotel in downtown Scottsdale. We're not the ones hurting right now. We're hanging out with all our friends. You dumbass. Oh, I, I just love the delivery there. Yeah. And I love the, the sentiment behind it. There is nothing that I don't absolutely love about this organization and the people who are involved in it. They all have the right ideas, the right mindsets. They understand what their rights are. They understand who they are as individuals. They have a strong sense of autonomy. They know the score. They just absolutely know the score. And I love just, you know, I'm I'm not a fan of passive aggression in most circumstances. But when you have perfected the art of it, the way that these people have, it's (laughs) difficult not to admire the fuck out of it. Oh, yeah. Every little thing that they do, every little antagonistic thing that they do, it just makes me smile every single time. Yeah. Because they are, they're they're annoying the shit out of the evangelicals out there. Oh, yeah. And every single time they do anything, it leaves these, these religious yahoos scattering for what the fuck they're supposed to do about it. Yeah. And I love the way that they go about doing what they do. It may not seem like it on the surface to some people, but they do it in a way that's very respectful and they do it in a way that is very responsible and they do it in a way that is deliciously secular and they're not trying to push a religion. It's a group of people that have a very common purpose 
and that is to see the continued secularization of society move forward. Yeah. And I, I think that they're an amazing organization for what they do and the way that they do it and just the sheer amount of brass balls that it takes to do oh, what they seriously. do. So, you know, kudos to them once again for weathering the storm, coming out on top, coming out the better people. I think that it's a good way to end things off tonight. And I just want to let everybody know that things are good. Things are good with the spider, with everything that's going on in our lives right now. It's nothing but good news. But, you know, stuff happens. And I'm learning, maybe a little bit the hard way, but I'm learning that it's necessary sometimes to step back and just try and be you a little bit more. And that's what this is really all about. It's me just trying to figure out the balance with all yeah. of this. So we really do hope that you enjoyed tonight. We hope that you'll keep spreading the word about us. And more than anything else, we hope that what we're doing here continues to reach more people, continues to get the message out of what this religion is, what it isn't. And tonight, I think, was a really, really good lesson in just how terrified these people are of anything that exists outside their cloister or their mindset. Mm. Because when you are taught to believe certain things and think certain ways from the time you can understand, it's terrifying thinking that you might be wrong. But, you know, we've got 107 episodes now of you're wrong because. Yeah. Share it with someone who needs to hear. Because you could be the one that helps them take that first crucial and necessary step toward getting and staying unbound. Thanks so much for coming out. We'll see you next week with our review of The Spirit of Albion. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website getunbound.org that's get-unbound.org if you value this resource and would like to see it continue please consider supporting us on patreon at the link in the show description and be sure to check for new updates every sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound